Hello all, welcome to the Lunar Sea Spire Cartoon Fan Podcast. This is episode 483, and today we'll be talking about CB's GB's from Summer Camp Island. I'm GC13. And I'm David. And I love that title. It is uh, <laughs> quite convoluted, but it, it makes a lot more sense when you read it. <laughs> it's really hard to do it justice when you're trying to say it in the podcast opening cadence. I just don't think CB's GB's works for the intro, so no. we get what we get. <laughs> Man, uh, I think three episodes in this is one of one of my like favorite episodes. Uh, <laughs> I like it. It's cute. I yeah oh yeah of of this season and especially of these three episodes so far into into the final one like Oscar is cute and I like that um you know Oscar has his misadventures he's not the brightest kid <laughs> or something I mean he's literally a glowworm he negotiated himself down from eight thirty to eight fifteen for his curfew right he's he's too sweet for this world and it's nice to see him weirdly appear as uh as the chosen one <laughs> to find a new ingredient for the monks to make sandwiches out of behold here comes the sun <laughs> believe it i i love i love hedgehog yeah beaming down light on him as if he really might be chosen from gods above but yeah you know oscar we get to see his very direct struggle with um with add or well, with maybe straight up uh, schizophrenia, because it sounds like he has voices of, of at least his mom playing in his head all the time. But, uh, you know, he's just a good mama's boy. And he likes uh, apparently framing a lot of his life through his mom's reactions, which is which is kind of interesting <laughs> to be mm. in that headspace. Very interesting. I liked how they snuck in. This isn't the, the first time we've had a dueling episode of this is what Hedgehog's been up to and this is what Oscar's been up to, you know, since they're separated so rarely. But I like that they snuck in that whole, Oscar, you're in Milwaukee? Hedgehog? As the tie-in between the last episode and this one. Do they share a psychic bond? Like how, I guess Hedgehog is just in a magical scenario and sometimes can speak. But they, they have they ever talked this way before? telepathically i don't know that they have so there you go best friends for life although i do find it very uh very telling that when hedgehog was making her way back to the real world uh, it was a little elephant that she reached for Mm-hmm. yeah symbolism now the the monks have changed a lot since their initial uh appearance you now no longer have to maintain complete silence in the monastery. You know, you may have a normal, polite conversation, and the monks <laughs> do not appear to be bothered by any of this. Apparently, this is when you're on the path to enlightenment. It's kind of like, we thought they were just librarians. I mean, we still see the shh sign <laughs> when Oscar walks up. But uh, I guess once you're wearing the robe, you're in. <laughs> They're not worried about it. That dude up front did steal Oscar's voice, so he owes him. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I yeah, just the looseness of retconning or <laughs> just ignoring whatever previous rules are is perfectly functional. It's fine. And it, it just it's hard to even make it present here. Like they just functionally need to have a conversation while they're walking through the monastery. And then and then Oscar will be mostly silent through his walk in the yeah. uh, not not a labyrinth, the garden the path. just a garden path. 
What is the word, though? Is it... Do people use the term labyrinth? Some word for, like, a maze, which isn't really a maze because you can just walk through it and come out the other side. Mm. And they're typically in gardens. I'm surprised I didn't use that word here, but whatever mm. that is. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, Oscar. I, I loved I loved Oscar's. Oh, yeah, my mom said the cool kids went out to break curfew <laughs> and it all went great. I guess it went great from Sue's perspective. That was a wonderful setup with you know, it's already funny that Oscar negotiated his way down on his bedtime with his parents and that he views that as a victory. But this also plays into the fact that he makes the one mistake that he wouldn't have if he was just more of an adult and stayed up to watch shows past 8 p.m. <laughs> well, he he makes it to 8.15. Right. Well, his mom then explaining them in the mornings, I, I love that she, from her point of view, was right. You know, she says, it all worked out in the end. <laughs> they all got punished. He was aware that they all got busted for breaking curfew. He just forgot that part. So I think Sue did let him know, but, you know, she had a positive view on the whole thing. Right. Maybe they learned a life lesson. Yeah, which uh, Oscar is regretful. So I guess he probably learned a life lesson, too. Which is at least not to base your knowledge on half-watch shows. Yeah. Also, something, something, can't trust the system. <laughs> I don't really know why the Teen Bees had such a curfew, because they really seemed like a nice group of kids. They just wanted to see that moonflower, yeah. and there wasn't anything irresponsible about seeing the moonflower. That was a beautifully done sequence. Ah, oh, I, I love that the moon was sitting there waiting for the moonflower, and oh, yeah. gorgeous hair on those little uh, flower parts that I cannot remember the name of. Stamen? That's that was what I was gonna guess. I wasn't sure. So if you're if you think it's stamen, I think it's stamen. I think it's stamen. I think that's the male part of the flower that sticks out. I I tried a little bit to think. Does this scene mean anything? Like what what are the teen? You know, they're teen bees, right? Oscar is kind of on the precipice of himself being a teen. This is an episode that you know thinks about his enlightenment and kind of juxtapositions him with teens and, you know, <laughs> and with Hedgehog, who acts much more functionally like a teen than Oscar. And especially in the last episode, right? You know, rejecting her mom's wishes for her. And I I don't know if this, you know, sneaking out late with a beard of your friends on your face <laughs> <laughs> means anything, but it, it is a beautiful moment. And I don't think it has to mean anything too deep to be meaningful. Like, yeah, Oscar's willing to bend the rules a bit in order to, you know, continue on this path. It's his first step on his road to uh, rebellion. You know, he's helping these people rebel against their own parental figure. Maybe maybe someday he won't feel a need to negotiate his parents down to an earlier bedtime. <laughs> right. I, I, Yeah, that's a telling piece too, isn't it? Like, in this sandbox away from his parents, he can almost accidentally <laughs> play against authority. Whereas, you know, in his mind, obviously, his actions are almost completely guided by his mom's words. And so I guess there's probably a little bit uh, something symbolic about his journey here, too. He, he literally has to silence the constantly running voice of his parent in his head. And he needs to make some of these decisions in a way that, of course, are, are guided and influenced from his mom. But are now something he kind of has to own on his own and maybe, you know, think about it on his own terms. <laughs> so, 
and and he's getting there. He's just one lap away from the. I, I yeah. don't know how he hit it. Nine thousand nine hundred ninety-nine laps. I mean, he was there for three weeks. So. <laughs> yeah, sleeping on a bench. Uh, I don't think my back could have handled that. So, the the envy of youth. Yeah, I mean, he he would have to be going less than one uh, one trip around the path a minute to be not done after three weeks. So, very achievable pace. I'm assuming he walks for 10 hours a day. He might be going faster and taking more breaks. Who knows? That is so dedicated. And I really appreciate that we never see him eating the whole time. That's an important detail we didn't need to see. <laughs> He's at a place where they make peanut butter and jelly right. sandwiches. So I don't think breaking for lunch is a hard thing for him. I don't know what they do with all the sandwiches. They look like they're not afraid to eat them uh, based on their reaction to the PB&H that he brings them at the end there. <laughs> can I can I just say, by the way, how happy I was at the reaction of those monks? I, I know that I should not have expected this from a show like Summer Camp Island, but almost always when you get something like this in a uh, media property, the monks would be like, heresy, this is heresy, and they'd be upset. But they're like, whoa, this is actually really good. You have to try this. <laughs> right. It's acceptance first. It's curiosity and acceptance as the first step instead of, hey, kids, anytime you do something new, remember that everyone will hate you for it first. <laughs> uh, yeah, I the monks being open is great. Um, I do love their explanation of the tradition, though, of, you know, the color of peanut butter, the color of jam and why, you know, this all represents italicized magic. Twilight and whoopee cushions. <laughs> Exactly. Bold-faced italics. Bold-faced italics. Magic. So I don't know where Honey fits in with with this, and I don't know if this gives us any other insight into magic (laughs) that we could come up with. Uh, It's sticky and slow. Um, Who knows what it means, Mm. if it has any meaning, or if it just is something (laughs) to make the joke at the end. You you really need to watch the last three episodes, David. I'm just going to say that. I can't wait to find out. What honey means then? Ooh. I mean, something, something, friendship, stickiness, blah, blah, blah. So cool. (laughs) So that's great. They're foreshadowing a little bit then. Or at least staying on theme. They are putting in the work. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah, what do you think it means that Oscar ultimately chooses not to reach enlightenment? It feels like there's something similar, uh... I was thinking of an Avatar reference where, uh either Iroh or well no I'm thinking of uh Ing famously choosing you know to pick love and loving Katara over reaching the avatar state there's there that, that was a much more dramatic decision <laughs> in in the last airbender but I don't know is there a similar theme here or is it something else I think it might be the same theme you know he's has to stop thinking of his mother's voice um he does not listen to the to the monks when they tell him the path that they think he should walk, he walks the path he wants to walk. He's mm. becoming an independent boy, you know, right. one little bit at a time. Right. It's even more independence. It's funny how casual it is for him, though. Like, has this always been there? Or I guess this is part of that journey where it's suddenly coming naturally to him. But it's funny because uh, comparatively, like, Hedgehog has that frustration, visible frustration with her mom. Whereas Oscar's just <laughs> like... Oh, yeah, no worries. I'm just not going to do that. <laughs> you know? 
And his parents are the sweetest people. They would never be controlling. They'd be so supportive in whatever he chose to do. So independence from them is really just him not asking them for ideas, really. Right, which, I mean, is its own phenomenon. Yeah, like, there's a different level of, like, you may not be controlled by people. Like, Hedgehog's mom tries to control her. But actually, you may be more of a, you know... (laughs) To use an annoying term that people use all the time these days, like a little more of a sheep. Like Oscar is a little more like follows along or even wants to be like, you know, not extremely conformist, but just wants to, uh, well, he's kind of a glowworm. He likes pleasing people. He likes (laughs) going along with the, the path that's easy and makes everyone happy. And so it's good to find your own every now and then. And him saying, no, I'm actually not going to become enlightened and then sounded like they wanted him to basically lead the monastery. No, this is this is part of a well-established tradition of Oscar ducking responsibility. <laughs> I'm thinking particularly of the later pile. Mm, Great yeah. episode, by the way. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Oscar learning responsibility is its own uh its own thing, isn't it? <laughs> well for Oscar Oscar attempting to be responsible causes massive ripples of disruption in the world. The the world does not like Oscar trying to be responsible, and it pushes back reflexively. So this is Oscar being Oscar to an extent. It's not just a change, but uh, in the context of this episode, I think we can choose to view it as the lad being a little independent. Mm-hmm. At least of adults telling him what to do. He wants to go <laughs> hang out with Hedgehog now. In his underwear, no less. <laughs> He's already completely comfortable with that as well. (laughs) Well, I mean, it's not the first time we've seen him in his dinosaur boxers. So I I, I guess this is, it's not his first rodeo. (laughs) No. That would be the mushroom episode from season four, if anyone was curious. (laughs) Yeah, come to the Lunar Sea Spire for uh, hard-hitting reporting on when Oscar (laughs) ditched his clothes in, in... In Summer Camp Island. We'll be here to instantly retrieve that information <laughs> from our heads. Well, you, d- you did say that we were going to have to tidy the wiki up at some point. I'm just practicing. <laughs> right, that, there's your trivia section on Oscar's page. Oh my god. <laughs> I, I, I will say this though, David. Uh, we do not revisit the monastery in the final three episodes. I can only wonder, do they, do they just completely switch the rivers over? To honey, or does honey remain a special attraction? You know, the bees can only do so much. I don't think they can replace jelly entirely. Yeah, it's kind of an affront to jelly, honestly. But now I'm really curious in how the season closes out as uh, comparing, you know, because it replaces it in the sandwich. Is this like a complete metaphor or is it incomplete? Because jelly is the fun part um, and fun being replaced by something else. Uh, It's curious to me, so. I mean, it was pretty fun for those teen bees. They were actually kind of happy to be grounded because they're like, hey, we wouldn't have been able to make so much if we hadn't been grounded. They were pleased as punch about all this. Right, which, yeah, another very (laughs) uh, Summer Camp Island twist that the bees hold absolutely no grudge against Oscar at all. And, you know, it's actually a great situation. (laughs) They, They got what they wanted. It was really nice of the queen bee to let them. It's like, okay, guys, fine. You like moonflowers so much, you'll have three weeks to uh, play with it. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. So, she was alright. Even if there are plenty of flowers other than lavender around for them to (laughs) harvest. There's something to say about Oscar's uh, 
drawn on haircut, but I don't I don't think I have any <laughs> particularly witty <laughs> way to say it. I loved that he used Ava's eyeliner. Just, you know, it's it's always nice when you can toss in a comedic detail like that. I It just makes me... He clearly has hair. Like, elephants are covered in hair. So I don't... <laughs> I don't quite understand how he drew it on. But, sure. He, he just wanted to show his commitment. And I guess it was a lot easier to do that than it was to cut his own hair. <laughs> a hedgehog probably gives him all of his haircuts. Oh. <laughs> Anyway, guys, that's it for us on CB's GBs. Join us next week. Until then, I'm GC13. And I'm David. Don't forget to leave us a review anywhere you listen to podcasts. Later, everybody. Our opening and closing music is by Mark Soto. For more cartoon-related content, please visit LunarCeasefire.com.